Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. I'm Helen, the owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. Helen's Wines is little gem box wine shops that are located inside a restaurant called John and Vinny's that I own with my business partners, John and Vinny. Um, And this is Wine Face, my podcast that is bringing wine education to a digestible, snackable, approachable level. If you want a little more info, you can visit me on my website, helenswines.com, or follow me on Instagram, at Helen's Wines, for all the 411 additional context. Today, I am talking about an island that I'm dying to visit. It's actually a series of islands. It's a place I've never been and I daydream about going. So I decided to do an intro to the Canary Islands in the thoughts that I will manifest myself going there. We put it out there enough, I will soon be island hopping in the Canary Islands. A lot of people are like, what the fuck is the Canary Islands? Well, let me tell you. It's off the western coast of Africa. It's technically part of Spain, but it's just south of Morocco. So it is recognized under the Spanish government. And it's this volcanic archipelago that popped up millions of years ago, you know, back in the day with Pangea. I don't know if it was exactly around Pangea's time, but millions of years ago. And And it is super, super special and unique because it has some of the world's, especially Europe's, oldest vines because it never went through the experience of phylloxera. You might wonder, what is phylloxera? Let's take a little side beat to talk about this thing that devastated the wine world many, many years ago. Actually, not so many when you think about, we're talking about millions of years in Pangea. This was like 150 years ago, give or take a couple decades. So phylloxera is this tiny little insect, this tiny little pest that actually in true ugly American fashion originated in the United States of America, but did not have an appetite for the American rootstocks of the vines. There's different kind of DNA identities of the actual rootstock for vines. And the American uh, DNA is different than the European. 
vine, the old world vines. So this little insect had no appetite for it. And this was like back in the 1800s, 1850s, 1860s, there was like a free flow of agriculture from country from the US to the European market. There weren't as many checks and balances that are in place today. So a couple little phylloxera homies caught a ride on a vine that was being taken from America over to Europe. And the result was absolutely devastating. The little tiny insect munch, munch, munched on the rootstock and wiped out about 6 million acres of vines in Europe. Like totally, totally fucked it up and you can't eradicate phylloxera. It's not like there's some magic little pill or little droplets that you could give. There's no biodynamic remedy for phylloxera, to be honest. So hitched a ride over in the 1860s. They were the silent but deadly attackers. They attacked the root systems and they loved the old world vines. So what happened is that all the European winemakers and then eventually like phylloxera came back to the United States and attacked old world rootstocks that had been planted here. So what had to happen is everyone had to pull out all of their vines, all of their rootstocks, and they had to plant American rootstock into the ground to grow their vines on. I mean, what an insane goddamn tragedy. Like a tiny little insect destroys a marketplace. So now all of the vines, all of the world's vines are phylloxera resistant root socks. So what this means is on the Canary Islands, which are off the coast of Morocco, they did not have the pleasure of getting a visit from the phylloxera little bug. So a lot of these vines have the potential to be hundreds of years old, not just like a hundred, hundreds of years old. And what does that mean? It means that those roots are going way far down into the geological substructure. They are creating more integrity, density, flavor profile, and everything for a lot of the grapes that are produced in this area. So the other thing that the Canary Islands is pretty much exclusively known for is not only did it not get hit by phylloxera, and not only is this dope little droplets of volcanic archipelago, it also does not, has been very resistant over time to plant uh, European or Western varietals. They pretty much exclusively produce wine from their indigenous varietals. And you know what? I got respect for that because it makes me feel like I can be transported to such a sense of place, taste, and energy whenever I open a bottle of wine from the Canary Islands. And it's an amazing experience. And I'm encouraging everyone to go out and seek out some wines. I have recommendations for my favorite three producers at the end. So it's almost exclusively indigenous varietals. For white grape varietals, the most commonly planted ones are Malvasia. Now Malvasia, I think a lot of people may or may not have association with. It can have a tendency to ripen ex extremely high levels of sugar, so it can come out syrupy. But a lot of the Malvasia from the Canary Islands is pretty dry and very drinkable and really really expresses the minerality that's coming through that volcanic soil. Uh, the other super popular white grape varietal is Listan Blanco, a.k.a. Palomino. Um, Palomino is the key wine or is the key ingredient in making sherry. They don't make sherry in the Canary Islands, but just so you know, like that is the mothership for sherry. And Palomino in the Canary Islands is the essential dry white wine. 
to express the mineral-driven terroir. Like, it is the Don Juan DeMarco of being like, yo, volcanic minerality, I got you. Let me express it. And then the last most commonly planted white grape varietal is Marmojuelo. Um, I haven't had that many wines made from this grape, but... I'm excited to try some when I go on my trip to the Canary Islands. For red grape varietals, most common, the one I come across all the time is Liston Negro. So that's right. There's like twin grapes. There's Liston Negro and Liston Blanco. So Liston Negro in the Canary Islands in general is the most widely planted red grape varietal. And... This was super cool because maybe a lot of people don't realize this, but grape varietals are all part of a family tree. Some are related, some are cousins, some are mothers, sons, daughters, some are not related at all, but it's super cool how you can connect the DNA of all the grapes and how they were created. But super interesting about Liston Negro is it has the same exact DNA as the Mission Grape, which you will find in Northern California primarily. And the Mission grape was brought to the U.S. from Mexico. So super crazy. It's the mission grape here, same exact DNA, least on Negro. I love both those grape varietals so, so much, and they both express themselves so differently, even though they're essentially the same grape, different name. And the last red grape varietal that's most commonly planted is called Negromol, a.k.a. Tinta Negra. Now, when you get a visual on the Canary Islands, they kind of all span out like they could fit into a rectangular box, having not been there, but having oogled and drooled over many a photo. The islands range as far as it's kind of like Hawaii, same idea. The islands range as far as their landscape, their climate, and also their ability to grow different grape varietals and their elevation. The six, uh, there's six islands that actually only produce wine. There's more islands than that that make up the Canary Islands, but six islands produce wine, and they are as follows. So Tenerife is probably where a majority of the wine is from in the Canary Islands. It's also the like, home, just fun fact for all y'all hikers out there, it's home to Spain's tallest mountain. So get your boots on, but be careful because it's also an active volcano. Yeah! <laughs> so many vines are planted in the fertile slopes on this island. You know, the volcano really influences the soil, creates all this fertility, creates this minerality for the grape varietals to express itself. Next island is Lanzarote. Uh, this has the most one-of-a-kind vineyards. It's like a pretty, pretty unique island as far as winemaking. There was a volcanic eruption in the 1700s. I think it was like 1730. And so it created more like a moon-like landscape on more than half the island. The soil is black. And so it really has, it's kind of like Santorini vibes. It's very desert-esque. And the vines have to be trained close to the ground, protected by stone walls. It's a vibe. Those wines are cool. From Lanzarote. Uh, the next place that produces wine in the Canary Islands is Gran Canaria. It's the third largest island, which means that it has tons of mesoclimates. These wines actually are not exported that much. So it's pretty hard to find wines from Gran Canaria, even though ironically it's the biggest island. Um, so pretty hard to find those wines. And then the last three islands, you know, personally, I have not had wines from these islands, but I'm dying to and I will 
will have them one day. There's La Palma, which is a diamond-shaped island and very, very lush. There's El Hierro, which is a tiny island and has super, super small production and is very humid. And then there's La Gomera, uh, which is the newest island that's classified for being able to make wine and under the DO, under the Spanish wine laws, for the Canary Islands. And it's a tiny, teeny little island off the coast of Tenefere. So those are the six, the lineup of the six islands that are being bomb.com making wine in the Canary Islands off the coast of Morocco. Now I have three favorite winemakers. I mean, I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much. I think probably the most famous is Envinate. And these wines always come in and then they sell out. And it's really like kind of a bummer, but they're amazing. We're about to get them into the shop, which was part of the reason I wanted to talk about the Canary Islands. They make white wine. They make red wine. They're absolutely magnificent expressions of terroir and how it can be so unique and tastes so amazing. Oftentimes the red wines have all this depth, but they're also restrained, elegant, little notes of iron and and silt and really tasting like you're licking a volcano, which is crazy. And maybe you wouldn't want to do that. I also, like my current obsession, so Envinate is just like special. They're allocated wines. They're coming in. They will sell out. You should get on that train because they're absolutely bananas. But my current obsession is this wine that's being made in Gran Canaria. It's made by Carmelo Pina Santana, and it's called the Ikuin. You might have seen it We in the shop. It's a picture of a man's legs that have been stomping grapes, and now they're sitting down crossed island. It is a blend of Listan Negro and Listan Blanco. And dude, the Canary Islands are wild. The terroir here is unlike any other place on earth. The wine growing started in this region in the 1400s when Spanish colonialists planted grapes. And this kid, Carmelo Peña Santana, he's a new kid on the Canary Island block, and he's working with grapes that are typical to the area, right? So he's working with the indigenous varietals, Listan Negro, Listan Blanco. He does all the farming by hand. He is organic and biodynamic and he is making this shit happen on Grand Canaria at 1300 meters in elevation. His commitment is really stemming from reviving old vineyards and I think you can really taste that when you taste his wine. It's also calling out for like smoked fish dip and potato tacos, maybe not at the same time, maybe on two separate occasions. My last favorite lady who's making wine is Dolores Cabrera. She is badass. Her rosé made from Listan Negro is probably one of the most transportive wines I'd ever had. It had this essence of crushed roses that had been made into a perfume, but then also the depth and iron. It was almost like drinking iron, but in a way that made you feel intoxicated. So dry, almost like sangre. I was pretty much borderline obsessed with it. So the Canary Islands, I think, are an area that First of all, they don't make a lot of wine. There's not a lot of wine that's exported. And it's one of those styles of wine and flavor profiles of wine that might push you out of your comfort zone. The white wines typically, those the recommendations I made, you know, I lean a little heavier on the red wine, but the white wines are absolutely mind-bendingly beautiful because they take on that mineral volcanic expression in this whole other spasmodic way. So... Pack your bags, 
we're all going to the Canary Islands. <laughs> what if that was true? You listen to this podcast and guess what? Look under your seat. There's a ticket to the Canary Islands. We're going and we're taking the slow boat. Anyway, this is the teaser intro to Canary Islands. Head over if you're in LA to Helen's Wines to taste wines from the Canary Islands. Get into it get a pet canary actually don't i don't know i don't i don't i feel weird about pet birds but yeah this was canary islands 101 taking a toe dipping it in this is helen i'm the owner of helen's wines in los angeles gem box wine shop located in the back of john and Vinny's. and this is my podcast wine face please subscribe rate and review we would love to hear from you and would love to hear about anything that you want to hear about in the world of wine and we're out Thank you.